Welcome to The Quad, CCB's sport podcast. I'm Simon Hill, Deputy Head at Christ College, and I'm delighted that you've joined us as we discuss all the latest sports news at the school. We'll cover global sporting issues and also spend time with invited guests, all of whom have specialisms or interest in the world of sport. This is The Quad. Okay, and now welcome everybody to um, probably the last podcast that we're going to do for a while here, um, where we're going to kind of talk about lots that's been going on for this half term. Um, I was explaining earlier that we, we've kind of not met as regularly because of the, such a busy term that it is. Uh, we've had lots of exams, revision and academic clubs, which have uh, taken up our time. So I'm really pleased that you've, uh, you've joined me. I'm joined actually by a depleted crew today. I've got Jack and I've got Ollie, um, and we're going to kind of delve into a little bit of what we've been doing over the last few weeks here at Christ College and, uh, and take it from there and, and kind of catch up a little bit because there's been some, some absolutely epic um, sporting contests and fixtures um, over the last few weeks. So, Ollie and Jack, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And I'm just going to kind of pass over to Jack because I wanted to kind of touch a little bit upon your sporting achievements personally, I think, over the last couple of weeks. And, and I was super, really proud of, uh, of what you've done. And I'm sure you were as well. Thank you, sir. Um, well, I've had a, a really busy indoor athletic season, so I've had four weekends of racing in the in the last four weeks, which has been tiring, but it's it's been good. So I've uh, I've had the World Senior Championships, and then I've been up to Sheffield a couple of times, uh, various things, a couple in Cardiff. So yeah. talk to me about the um, the mindset that an athlete needs to be in when there's that much travelling. When there's that much, kind of, you must have to. It's quite a lonely place, I should imagine, athletics yeah. at times. It's it's very yeah, it's very individual. Like you have to, it's all on you really. If you if you put in the work, you'll get results. If you don't, it's simple as that. You won't. Do you mind you the travelling? Results. It, it can be tough. And the thing is, living in Wales, especially, to get really high quality races, sometimes you have to travel far. Like Sheffield is the was the main like indoor track for the UK. So I've been out there twice and we had to stay over the night before just because you can't really travel up on the morning, especially if you've got an early race. Sure. So you have to spend, have a few premier in evenings. Yeah. So, yeah. It kind of puts a bit of pressure on it, I guess. But it, it is a little bit of pressure, yeah. The, the, the sleepover or going up the night before, I guess, takes a bit of pressure off as well. It makes you yeah. prepared. Um, yeah. how, how have they gone? How have the, uh, the competitions gone? Yeah, they were good, yeah. Um, so I had... I think they were a bit more than good. They were good, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had... Um, well, senior champs was nice. I, I managed to win that, so that was good. It was my first senior race, so it was nice to sort of test myself against some of the, the older senior guys. And let's put it into a bit of context of older as in, like, what's a yeah. senior race? So senior is any age group from, you know, 90 years old to yeah. whatever age, but yeah. I was <laughs> so youngest you, in the field. So, so you kind of nice. go from, what's 18 up? Yeah. Is that, is Typically, that... tip, well, no, actually, t- it goes on maximum in terms of the age groups, you've got under 13, 15, 17, 20, and 23, and then seniors. Okay. So, yeah, but you'd normally have adults doing them, yeah. Yeah, so you race against adults? I was against adults, yeah. So cool. it was a good experience, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. great. And a uh, good time? Yeah, it was, it was a decent time, 156. I had two races on one day, so that was, yeah, good experience, 159 in the heat. And then a couple of hours to eat a bit, repair and replenish the muscles, and then back after back the Caminator, yeah. So that was the Welsh Senior Champs. Yeah. Um, excellent. And then where, where, what kind of have you done in the last couple of weeks? So I had, I had a BMC Grand Prix, which is basically, it's called the British Milers Club. It's basically 
a big time trial event where you try and it's basically designed to get the fastest possible time and you have to hit a certain qualification standard so, you, so that was my first one of those so it was nice to see some big names doing it like Jake Whiteman for example he's the 1500 world champ so I watched him race so that was good. I got in. I got in the back of his YouTube video as well. <laughs> he was <laughs> filming, and I was I was warming up, and I saw myself. I was thinking, "Jeez, love it! You're it's in my it. first, my first, yeah, famous, my first break." <laughs> love that. Good stuff. So yeah. that was. So talk to me about time trial then. So what what do you have to do for that? So you put down your your like your PB, and then you'll get seated into a race. So I had a couple of older boys in my heat. So it's all designed to get the best possible time. Um, so I ran a PB of one fifty four. So that was good. So I like the way, so just to explain that, I like the way that that's structured. So basically yeah. it means that you've got, you're all gunning for, the, for yeah. the kind of your best time, but you're, so the yeah. competition is absolutely red hot, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So that, yes. And that's where it comes into like all the traveling because they, they tend to host the races all in England. Um, so yeah, everyone's around the same time. So you'll get like elite women racing in, in like the races against, against men and or all, all wow. any, anyone who's got the same time. Yeah, that's in. awesome. I like that kind of, yeah, kind of the structure there. Yeah, and uh, so you ran a PB then. I ran a PB. It was a season opener, so I was happy with that. I haven't actually managed to beat that PB yet, but I'll hopefully because I've had a few tactical. We could probably talk well. quite a lot about this, but yeah. I quite wonder whether the psychology behind that as well and the way that this race is structured makes a big difference in terms of the fact that you ran a PB with that. You know, yeah. there's a lot of kind of areas about pacemakers and things like that when, when you race with those outdoors and whether or not the situation lends itself perfectly to running PBs. I should imagine yeah. there's quite a lot of PBs broken that day. Yeah, those, those are the races for PBs, the time trials, mm. because it's, it's hard to, to run fast on your own. So I, I had that a couple of days ago with the British under 20s and I had a, had a bad race to be honest. It was my bit of a blip for the season because I... I was basically running on my own, going for a time to try and get a, to get through to the final, and it's just hard to push yourself. And I was Explain just that. on it, just on your own. No, so, so basically, um, it was under twenty, so there was a few really top guys there, and I unfortunately I got seeded into a heat with a guy called Jake Mitchell, who's a UK he's, he's ran for GB and stuff. Right. So I was basically this sounds a bit defeatist, but I was going for that fastest loser spot. I was thinking. If I want to get through, yeah, I'm gonna to have to send it from the start. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went for it, and he he was like, "No, I'm not gonna take it out." He just sat behind me. Right. So I did all the hard work, and then he just started sprinting me at the end. Yeah, and he just killed you off at the yeah, end. Yeah, and I just had to settle for the defeat. And then, how did your? Are you obviously feeling tight? Like did your race tech tech kind of go there yeah. towards the end on that last yeah what that last fit hundred or whatever? It was, yeah, it was probably. Well, I went through the four. The, the clock didn't start, so I I sort of I was. I guess at the front and I wasn't really 100% sure on what pace I was running. I knew obviously roughly but it, it's very hard with the, the fractions. Within half a second you can be mm-hmm. knackered or you can feel really good. So I went out in like 54 something for 400. Got through 600 okay and then suddenly <laughs> with 100 to go he comes past and it's like oh no See ya. I'm swimming. But he's a, so, so yeah. he's a senior as yeah, well. He's, yeah he's, no he's not he's an under 20. He's oh okay. 18 I think he is. Yeah. But I'll be back next year, and hopefully nice. I'll like that. Get a bit of vengeance. But so so it's kind of it's going well, and it's um, going well, yeah. And it obviously leads into the summer seasons coming around the back, around the track, and um, and and summer kind of moves from indoors into outdoors. And is that an area that you're looking forward to? Is that what you're really yeah. using this indoor season to build for? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've I've done a few like sprint races, and well, I guess the reason I've had like such a heavy schedule has just been for training, really, because it's all about yeah the summer and. 
sharpening up for that. Excellent. Uh, we, we wish you all the best. And um, so school, athletics, cross country, it's been good, it's carried on, which is brilliant to see. And uh, we've had a bit of success, haven't we? Yeah, well, there was the Power Schools uh, Cross Country Championships recently done in Newtown. I've raced there a few times. It's a good, good tough course and there was a lot of good performances. So we've got a few, I think you've got the names. Yeah, we've got, um, so it. we've got a number of people who've made it through to represent Powys at the Welsh Champs. I think that's this weekend. It's on Wednesday. When, when, oh, sorry, yeah, this Two Wednesday. Time. So you've got Ollie O'Brien, um, John Murphy, Oliver Jones, uh, Cecily Mears, Annabelle Harrell and Ben McLean all gain their county colours um, and will run in the Welsh Champs on Wednesday. Um, Where is Rumbray? So, in Brecon. Brecon, yeah. <coughs> so uh, it'd be good to get a few people to go up and support and I know Mr Goodrich is, uh, is excited. But it's great to have a good representation for such a small school, to have lots of pupils there representing the county. Um, I think they deserve a big pat on the back. Yeah. So well done, everybody. Right, I'm just going to kind of recap a few of the results because we haven't met um, for, for a few weeks and, and netball has, has kind of crashed onto the scene and we're doing lots of netball and the girls are loving um, the different sports that obviously we offer at Christ College, but netball is, um, is probably one of the most popular. Um, and lots of netball fixtures have happened on Wednesdays and Saturdays. I'm just going to kind of recap on, on the seniors and how, and how they've, they've kind of got on. And they've had four fixtures um, so far and they've won three and lost one. Um, so they're going really well. Um, they played Hereford Cathedral School, um, KLB from, uh, from Bristol, and then Eskol Gartholog um, just this Wednesday just passed. Um, and uh, I know they've got a big wet netball tournament this week as well, um, the Powers Champs. Um, so they, they're kind of gearing up um, for, for a great season. And then we move back through and go talk about some rugby. And um, there's still quite a bit of the season to play, wasn't there, in January. Um, we we kind of only halfway through yeah. the league, if you like. Um, and we're still finishing that league this week. Um, so all how, we, how have we got on um, since, uh, <coughs> since we returned? Yeah, well, it's been a real successful um, block, if you would, uh, is, um, since Christmas. We've had a, a fair few games, but we've also had a fair few cancelled because of the weather. Sure. So... Uh, yeah, it's been a bit uh, hit and miss, but so that Welsh league that we're in, um, I think we're we kind of that's drawing to a close, isn't it? Towards yeah. the end of this week, we're, two more games, we've got two more games in that, and we're quite nicely poised in that position in that league. We haven't lost a game yet. No. Um, we sat, we sit quite nicely behind Cardiff High, who've played all of their fixtures. Um, sorry, all their fixtures bar one, um, which is us. So, and we haven't lost a game, but they they have lost a game. So I think if we win. Our two games remaining games, we uh, we we will kind of take take the lead, which um, is always nice. So a bit of silverware, and um, and talking of kind of silverware, um, how about Seaford? Yeah, big day for us. I think it was uh, coming off the back of a win, uh, loss in the final. Sorry, last year. I think the boys were out for revenge because uh, I know the team they they lost to in the final last year was um uh, was there as well. Yeah, uh, Trinity, but it didn't go our way unfortunately at the start. We were off to a bit of a slow start in the tournament and we lost our first game to um, Ipswich I think mm -hmm. it was yeah which looking back we shouldn't have lost really because uh, like I think it just took us too long to wake up and too long for the boys to get into it I think if we'd have played them if we'd have had a game first then I think we would have smashed them probably. I think that was the intention wasn't it that we were meant to have a game before we played Ipswich and we knew that Ipswich were going to be the the main team actually in our pool that yeah. we needed to beat. But Halebury um, unfortunately didn't turn up on the day, which meant that mm -hmm. we didn't have that, that that kind of game to prepare and, and kind of get up to speed. So it was kind of like a final, wasn't it, straight away? You know, whoever won that game between us and Ipswich knew that they were going to go through. 
um, the group. And we started slow, but we came back into it. And I think with another two minutes in the game, we would have got there. But um, it just got away from us, didn't it, towards the end. Yeah. But all was not lost. No, we, after we lost that game, we came um, finished second in our group. So we went uh, into the plate and we had a pretty uh, easy run from there with some uh, pretty easy wins playing uh, who do we have? Do we have Gordons? Yeah, um, and we played Marlborough, in the, Marlborough in the final. They were tough, Mike. They were tough. Yeah, it wasn't it? Wasn't an easy stroll through. I don't think. I don't think at any point really in the game they seemed they posed much of a threat to you. To be honest, I'm sure you've watched it back a few times as well on the, yeah. on, the, on the on YouTube as well. But yeah, so it was great, wasn't it, to be able to finally come away with a bit of silverware. Yeah, um, you know, we, did, we went for the cup, we came away with the plate, and, um, and that's two years on the bounce now where we've really left a good ma- a, a mark and a standard um, on, on the tournament down in Seaford. Um, it was a long trip down, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. So it's a, a big trip down to the southeast of England. Uh, we stayed overnight before, um, but yeah, it's a, it a great trip, and um, I know we'll be looking forward to going back, back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, we played Millfield as well, didn't we? Yeah, big game for us. A massive game. I think uh, that's one all the boys have been looking forward to all year, get, getting down there and uh, really giving Millfield a good test. Yeah, and, and I think it was a good test for us, wasn't well, it? Big time, yeah. There was a big, they had a big squad um, out, uh, which which kind of is, is nice for us to see. They, they kind of gave us the respect, I think, that we, we wanted them to. Um, <coughs> and we played on the Gareth Edwards pitch, and, just yeah. that was, and it was absolutely beautiful, wasn't it? A great trip down. Yeah. Um, can you remember much about the match? Oh, yeah. It's quite hard to forget, to be honest. <laughs> Such a good experience, but yeah, it was a really good, uh, really good game to be honest. We um, and the team team really gelled together uh, in that game, so uh, everyone was really working, working well, and the moods were coming off. I think uh, it was a bit slow at the start. It took us about fifteen minutes to get out of our twenty-two and relieve pressure off ourselves. And we were just trying to overplay a little bit, but um, yeah, once we got that sorted, it was a uh, smooth sailing pretty good. much, and we were ahead for most of the game. I think. That's a great result, isn't it? You know, Millfield renowned to be one of the top schools in the country. Uh, top sporting schools in the country, and put it in perspective, like you know, there's over a thousand people, yeah. children that go to that school. Um, so yeah, again, playing that numbers game, we uh, we seem to be giving a good account of ourselves. Um, and then we've had just a kind of whistle stop tour. Really, we had a match on the weekend as well, um, and that was uh, a game against Landovery, and it was kind of like the big Brecon Landovery um, day that uh, that has happened in school for over 120 years, which is yeah. a lot of history behind that fixture um, and uh, both schools were raring for it do you want to kind of give your account of uh, well yeah there was a lot of prep in the week for that game I think we met up on a Tuesday and really set our uh, set our tone for the week of uh, what we wanted to achieve yeah uh, and I think that really put it into the boys heads of how serious this was so I know it was uh, quite a few of us boys it was our first time like playing a, a game as big as this uh, and yeah, we went through the week, normal training week, very intense. Uh, and then we got there on Saturday. Uh, and I think, yeah, all the boys were really up for it. We really gelled together as a squad. But um, I think there was just, when we were in the game, we just weren't taking our chances. Yeah, there like, was a lot uh, of chances yeah, to take as well, wasn't there? Like if uh, on a different day, we probably would have beat them by 10, 15 points. But yeah, it was just... It was a great match. Like, and I, and I, it's taken me a few days to, to kind of process it and get over it, I yeah. think. But when, in hindsight, looking back, it was a fantastic match and it swung, didn't it, both ways. Yeah. We left a lot of chances out there, for sure. Um, and, and when we kind of get the video and we watch it back, I'm, I'm sure lots of people will be, be kicking themselves. But credit to Sandovery, they battled hard and they came back into it. And the, the, we swapped the lead a few times. And uh, when Matt Price went over oh, with, yes. with two minutes to go. 
I thought it was it. I thought it was it. And then and then credit to their second row, their kickoff, he reclaimed the ball, mistake from us to not protect the ball. And somehow then they travel 30 yards up the pitch. We thought we held them up over the line. I did. The referee decided they we didn't and um and they scored the try. Uh and, and as I said, credit to Landovery, they battled hard, they worked hard, but I think it's one of the ones that got away from us, didn't it? And, mm-hmm. Another day, I think you're right, we, uh, we don't make those mistakes and, uh, and we come away with a win. But it's left us in a good place. I think mentally it's left us in a good place. You know, those, those are the tough matches that you want. Um, and, and fingers crossed we can have a few more of those in the future. Yeah. Excellent. Right, and on to our top 10 countdown of all-time sporting athletes. Um, and we're going to kind of go through the last three, the remaining three. Of, uh, of the poll that, that the panel took at the beginning of the year. And coming at number three was Tiger Woods. I think definitely we can recognise that he deserves a place at the top of our poll. Um, and number two was Michael Jordan. And, and it's quite interesting, I think, Michael Jordan is, he probably wasn't playing when you guys were born, but still his kind of aura um, and, and the impact that he had on, on world sport, not just basketball, um, is probably still being felt. So, Tiger Woods, excellent golfer as we know. Um, he's had his fair, fair few uh, controversies over his career, um, some trials and tribulations for sure. But every good athlete bounces back, don't they? And and he's still playing in uh, in, in all the kind of top golf tournaments around the world, and uh, still a force to be reckoned with. And and Michael Jordan, he kind of bounced back into um, kind of the, the spotlight, didn't he? With his with his Netflix documentary called The Last Dance, which kind of documented his his kind of steely mentality and what really set him out to become one of the best. Um, you know, I, I remember Michael Jordan from the, uh, the, the Disney film, the Warner Brothers film that, uh, that, we, that he made when I, when I was little and he, he's really been around for a long time. Um, so yeah, there's some, there's some great kind of um, great athletes there, I think, and they definitely deserve a place in our top three. But number one, and coming at number one, um, it's no surprise, I don't think, and it won't be a surprise to many, um, but the top athletes that our panel voted for, number one was a certain Usain Bolt. And um, lads, I'm not sure what you think. Do you think he deserves to be number one? Is there somebody else that you would have voted? Or do you, th- like, who did you, like, you must have voted back in the, and you guys must have said that he was probably the number one or top, top athlete. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's, it's no doubt that he is probably the greatest uh, track and field athlete in, in, in history to be honest like you think of athletics and you just think of Usain Bolt because he is the fastest man alive it's kind of like it's also as well interesting because that's doing and you're going to have maybe a good perspective of this like that's doing ev- not every other athlete a disservice there's been some outstanding athletes yeah. in across all different events hasn't there yeah. but it's because it's the blue ribbon event it's the Iconic. one it's the iconic one that everyone will tune into when the Olympics is on. That kind of sets it above, isn't it? It's, it's everyone wants to know who the fastest man in the world is. Yeah. You know, with the greatest respect, no one wants to know who the fastest man over 10,000 meters yeah. is every single four years. And niche. It, a little bit niche. I do. I, I find. But, but to the populace and, and to kind of cut across all... Um, demographics, mums, dads, children, every single different country, everyone will know who Usain Bolt is, don't they? Because he is the fastest man in the world and it's that tag that goes with it. 
Um, so yeah, Jack, what do you think? Yeah, I think he deserves it. The face of athletics, incredible athlete. So yeah, he was born in 1986 in Jamaica, of course, and he's won nine gold medals, the 100 meters, 200 meters, and then four by 100 relay, despite having one of those taken away. And Absolutely. yeah, unprecedented. Incredible at the Olympics. Yeah, incredible. And you know, and he, he was the face, wasn't he? And it's what lots of people have kind of said. You know, they, they tune in to watch, watch him. Um, surprisingly, however, athletics, not his first love. Um, and cricket, growing up in the, uh, in the West Indies, obviously, cricket, unsurprisingly, was, was his, his sport that he wanted to excel at. Um, but sprinting soon became the, the sport that he'd become a global superstar in. Um, so I quite like that, very tall. You can see why he'd be very good at cricket. And I should imagine, if you think how quickly he could throw that ball down that wicket, it would uh, be quite quite scary. Yeah, so Bolt first marked himself as a track prodigy at the 2002 World Junior Championships. And from there, really, he took off, quite literally. <laughs> His career was absolutely incredible. Yeah, he stands at six feet five. He defied the odds, technically, because in terms of um, the expected sort of physique for sprinters, you'd maybe think smaller, much more explosive for the start. And going back, certainly through all the world champs and Olympics that I can remember, there is that typical body uh, composition, isn't there, or somatotype of a sprinter, yeah. short, mesomorph. you know, mesomorph, in terms of the, their, their stamp, they're very powerful, yeah. very kind of muscle um, dominated. They, uh, they have a high percentage of uh, fast twitch muscle fibers, obviously, but he, isn't the sprinter that you would recognize. No, I think his, his real strength, and the reason why he was the, be the fastest ever, was because if you look at him race, his, his actual cadence is just as quick as those shorter guys, but his stride length is about, he just adds that extra 10, 20 centimeters every time, Absolutely. and it just propels him away. Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah. so his, his, by, his the way his body was just kind of naturally gifted, yeah. um, and it all combined, didn't it? perfectly into making him the, uh, the fastest man that ever lived. Yeah. So six foot five, pretty tall. Um, he became the youngest ever male world junior champion um, in, any, in any event. At 16, he cut the junior 200 meter record to 20.13 seconds. And at 17, he ran that event under 20 seconds. And putting that in perspective, I think for every 200 meter runner, breaking 200 meters uh, time under 20 seconds is, is massive. Yeah. Um, it's a big kind of, kind of um, target that, that, people, that people aim for. Um, kind of troubled by hamstring injuries, probably throughout his career. And I remember you saying all that you remember that his last race, he was hampered, yeah. wasn't he, by that, by that kind of hamstring injury. Um, and what I love as well, Jack, you pointed out, didn't you, about his, his medals that he won. Um, he won nine, didn't he? He won nine, yeah. But one of them one taken away. was stripped, wasn't they? And we talked yeah. in our previous podcast about drugs and, and the impact that drugs can have. Um, oh, over to you. Anything else about um, are you saying? Well, obviously, as Jack mentioned, he was a uh, six feet five, which I think is just absolutely astronomical for how fast he was. Like, I can just imagine. Obviously, he doesn't play rugby, but imagine being a defender. Can you imagine? Uh, you saying Bolt is six foot five running and you're as fast. And he's not. He's not. He's not like a, a skinny six foot five. No, is he? He, no he's pretty thin. Absolutely huge. But uh, yeah, he completely divided the odds by um, and completely silenced critics as well, which I think is one of the reasons why he is so uh, well known. Because he, um, he just completely defied everyone who thought that he would be disadvantaged as a sprinter uh, because he was so tall for having a slow start. 
but obviously you look at his races back when he was in his prime and he was just outrageously fast. He was great, wasn't he? Yeah. And great for the sport as well, great character. There's a lot of controversy surrounding sprinting and it always surrounds sprinting um, in terms of um, doping and drugs, etc. And, and I think he was a breath of fresh air and he kind of, the athlete that you, he, he kind of pinned, pinned up everyone's hopes on and said, you can rely on me, you're not going to kind of get any kind of false um, drug taking or he, he kind of ran clean and he and he has and to be fair to him obviously and I, I hope he always um, can, can say that and, and have his, his name never gets kind of tarnished because he is as you said the face of athletics isn't he um, I've got some fun facts about about Usain um, which we'll go through next so he ran his 100 meter record in 2008 with his shoe untied so just think could it have etched it another hundred of, hundredth of a second off his score. Um, he can run as fast as 23.7 miles per hour, which doesn't really seem that fast, mm. does it? No, you, like, see, like you see footballers, because uh, uh, obviously they, there's a lot of stats in football, like obviously uh, you see all these uh, things on uh, social media yeah. about how these football players are running faster than Usain Bolt, but obviously he's keeping it for a lot longer than that absolutely it's sustaining that speed isn't it yeah. that's key you know and that's where the kind of principles of training and methods of training come into it whereas obviously lots of footballers they'll do very quick short sprints and that's what they want to do is over that kind of first five to ten yards whereas Usain Bolt he, he'll train to have that kind of speed endurance well, speed endurance I say for for a bit longer um, Jack you were talking about his love which you know he's very famous for the two and the one yeah, um, but you were kind of you were talking so, about yeah his passion was the two, and uh, his coach was, you know he saw the potential clearly in the one hundred and said you know you say try this, and he ended up running ten yeah, ten oh three in his first ever one hundred. It's crazy. But yeah, when he was running the two hundred, his coach was I heard he didn't give him any support. He said you know if you want to do this, fine, but I'm not going to help you. You can no go away. You're going to go on your own. So yeah, and he's got the world record in that as well. Nineteen nineteen. Wow. Which is I think is that. Well, it's pretty much exactly the same pace, so there you go, he's held that pace. Yeah, yeah, he can maintain it. And I reckon that's, 200. Pro- that's probably a lot to do to, down to his kind of physiological makeup as well, the fact that he yeah. can maintain um, he can maintain that pace. Interestingly, with the 100 metres, you know, he's probably most famous, isn't he, for um, how he pulls away from everybody in the last 10 metres, or what it seems like on the TV is that he's pulling away from everybody. But actually... It's not that he's getting faster, it's that everybody else in that race is getting slower. So what happens around about 80 meters in the 100 meters is that on the TV it looks like he's speeding up, but he's able to maintain his top speed for longer than everybody else. And everybody else is, is actually dropping at a really, really quick rate. They're kind of, they can't sustain it. So it's kind of like an optical illusion in, in a way. He's actually not getting faster than everybody else which you would think would happen at the end of a 100 meter race because it's not that long. What he's doing is being able to maintain that pace and everybody else is getting slower and slower and slower and slower, which, uh, which creates that kind of, oh, he's, he's going even faster, than, but he's not. Um, I love this one about his chicken nugget a kind of addiction, if you like. He claims to have eaten McDonald's chicken nuggets before winning gold at the 2008 Olympics, which I quite like. Um, he has scoliosis. Uh, Ollie, you know what scoliosis is, don't you? I do, yes. Yeah, so we talked about scoliosis in our, in our, kind of, in our PE lessons. Um, he has scoliosis, um, but it never let, let him really affect his, um, 
is running. Oh, what's scoliosis? Oh, uh, well, it's when your uh, spine curves in like an S shape. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it really affects your, your posture. Your posture, doesn't it? But it's never affected his running. And so he's got that kind of postural deviation um, with scoliosis, but hey. You know. I did I did actually see a uh, YouTube video quite a while right now on uh, how he runs, because obviously he has scoliosis. So you see these sprinters, when they run, they keep their shoulders really still. Uh, so they don't like shift side to side. But when you see Usain Bolt run, see him really like shift his shoulders round uh, because of his scoliosis but obviously it's quite interesting how it is not any slower it doesn't affect his time you have to be so so efficient to keep that time as well for so long because anyone well not anyone of course but you can hit that top speed that's one thing but being able to maintain that every single strike of the, of the foot on the track has to be bang on otherwise you'll lose speed instantly I think and, I, and again these kind of facts jump into your head don't they and I'm not sure if if I've read it or made it up, but you know, whatever, doesn't matter. But I think it's the, when he was running the 100 meters, he would also take, because of his stride length, he takes less um, amount of strides to complete the race than all the other shorter guys, I guess, who are slamming the floor a few, few extra paces. Yeah. So that obviously contributes as well, that he can be able to maintain the power and the foot strike against the floor to be able to propel him forward and gain that force. Um, so yeah, scoliosis is an interesting one, postural deviation in his spine. Um, he can outrun a black mamba, a squirrel, a chicken and a pig, but he can't outrun an elephant, a kangaroo or a giraffe. Very interesting there. Great facts. Um, as as I see, you know, we'd love to see him try that though, um, against the, an elephant or a kangaroo, that'd be great. Um, so yeah, there we have, I think Usain Bolt takes um, number one spot, I think appropriate. You know, he is number, the, the star athlete of kind of our generation, your generation for sure. Um, and uh, he's quite rightly, probably renowned as the, as the best athlete um, and superstar in world sport. Okay, uh, Sports Watch, and we're gonna kind of just a quick whistle-stop tour of some rugby, all, and I want you to feed back a little bit. Uh, Six Nations have been going on, how have the first two weekends gone? Oh uh, yes, we've had two rounds now, we've had some really good games. So we had Italy-France, which I think was probably one of my favorite games to watch in uh, Six Nations history. It was really tense. Yeah. And I'm gonna be honest, I was really rooting for Italy to win. Me too. But uh, unfortunately it wasn't meant to be, but it's really impressive from Italy. They were close, weren't they? Yeah, And really they really close. pushed them. And mm. France are renowned, or, or supposedly, you know, top two um, uh, teams in the world. Yeah. And yeah, Italy, what a journey they're on at the yeah, moment. Really, um, they are looking really promising. But obviously, we did see the uh, Italy England game this week, which was less promising from them. But yeah. I think uh, they won the second half, though. They did. They did win the second half. It was looking very good in the second half. But I think from the Italy France game, uh, I think Italy did look good. But you could see that their defense was getting manipulated quite easily. I thought that France were getting quite unlucky in uh, in places, mm -hmm. uh, especially with like the bounce of the ball and uh, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think on another. But they've come a long way. Yeah, and I think there's still some. You know, I'm worried about kind of our prospects against Italy. Yeah, for sure. How Wales got on? Uh, not great. I can't lie. We had a was it first round against um. Uh, Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Was, wasn't it? Yeah. Ireland. First round against Ireland, and then yeah. we had second round against uh, Scotland, which uh, neither went really well, to be honest. No, lots of changes that Gatlin made between the two. Yeah. Um, the first kind of match, I think he went with the old guard, didn't he? he thought, yeah. I wonder if they'll still be able to do a job for me. Um, and then this this time round, he's made a few changes. Um, and again, they didn't do very well no. on that long trip up to Scotland. But I think he's in a bit of a unique position at the moment. He has to somehow use this tournament as the springboard and the, and the sorting hat, if you like, to figure out how he's going to try and be 
remotely successful in the World Cup, which is coming up in the autumn. So um, I don't envy his position yeah. at, at the moment. I think uh, I think uh, the England-Wales game is going to be a really uh, pivotal moment in Gatland's career with Wales now. Because obviously we know from history that Wales always perform best against England. So uh, I think yeah. if they do quite well in this uh, this game next weekend, yeah, uh, after the break, then uh, I think it could bode well for Wales. So we've got a break this weekend. Um, oh, CCB sevens we should mention. Yes, yeah. um, so we've got Christ College Brecon sevens this uh, this Sunday, which we're looking forward to. Lots of top teams from uh, the the west of England and and, and Wales coming to Christ College. Um, but so there's no Six Nations this weekend. But then it kind of returns, doesn't it, with England the following. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. Um, and then all that really leads me to do is say have a great half term guys thank you so much for uh, for joining us today and I wish everyone a happy half term and uh, we look forward to coming back into the summer um, and you know the warmer months and getting some cricket and some athletics in Jack so uh, yeah watch this space